Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast, where we bring Sunday home. Join us as we dive deeper into First Baptist's weekly sermons, discuss practical applications, and answer your questions. Hello and welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast. I'm Jordan Upton, and with me as always is Pastor Jeff Reynolds. Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. We are recording on Monday and had a very humid run today. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> I ran a little bit more than a 10K, and the last two miles, I had to positive self-talk my way all the way in. I can tell you my pace suffered uh, the last two miles because the air was just thick, but very, very thankful for the rain that we've had. Very, very thankful for uh, after a lot of dryness for a period of time. Um, just, I, I think that means I'm getting old. I'm thankful for the weather. Oh, we needed this rain, you know, and so I'll, uh, I guess I'll just, just keep on going. (laughs) How are you doing, man? How's life with two kids at home? Life is good. So I positive self-talked myself out of bed this morning, but I am loving being a father of two sons. They are such good boys. Um, uh, Isaac, my oldest is just such a good older brother and he's just so, uh, affectionate and looks out for his younger brother already. And uh, Thomas, our newborn, is just just so happy. <laughs> he's, what a gift. He's, yeah. That's great. Yeah, he's always just cracking a smile. Or he has this really funny look where he he kind of looks like he suspects you of murder. It's like <laughs> he kind of vacillates between the two looks. <laughs> well, I'm glad he's got that discernment. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, God is good, and uh, I'm so thankful for my family. And And Taylor's such a good mom. She's yeah. just such an incredible mom. So God is good. God is Amen. good. Amen. That's awesome. Well, I'm so thankful things are going well. Um, my kids, I'm, I'm telling you, I have become that old man. It goes quick. You know, Griffin is 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 in football practice right now, and Reagan's in volleyball, and it just we are in a different season of life. And so um, I'm very thankful that you all are embracing this, and you're you're such good parents, both of you. And you've got such good kids, and it's going to be beautiful to see how God unfolds the story of the Uptons over these next several years. So what a blessing. Amen. So speaking of good kids, we had a great week at VBS last oh, week. Oh, man. and So good. Yeah. And so your your sermon on Sunday was kind of just recapping a lot of things that they talked about during the week, uh, hitting some of the stories of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to look back on some of those moments and the questions today and really drill into some of them more. Well, let me say before we jump in how thankful I personally am as a guy who gets to be the pastor of First Baptist Church right now, uh, for all of our volunteers, Lauren Parrish, our minister of children did a phenomenal job. Uh, but our entire staff, you know, Ricky Clark had a big part in it. David Tooley had a big part in it. TJ Renfro had a big part in it. Vicki Donaldson, uh, who oversees our daycare, um, who led VBS for so many years, but she was so instrumental in getting families from the daycare involved. And it was just a beautiful conglomeration of our entire church. And uh, that's one of my favorite things about VBS is it truly takes all of us and so everybody came to the table. I think we had, I think we had about 170 kids, and we had about 126 registered volunteers. But I know there are more um, because VBS doesn't just happen in a week. I mean, it is a months-long experience of preparing and decorating and creating, and then bringing that in. And what a phenomenal picture 
of our church being the church. And I'm so excited. I, I think everybody's tired, um, but it's definitely a good tired. And I've got to see God working kids and families' lives all week long. And so thank you to everyone who had any part. And maybe you say, well, I, I couldn't do anything, but I prayed. Well, listen, the most impactful thing we can do is to carry one another to God on our knees. And so thank you for that. And uh, we give God all the glory. But it was beautiful to see his people being his people in that context. So thank you to everyone. I'm always impressed with what our team uh, comes up with every VBS. They're just such a good, strong team of individuals, and they are in no way idle. Speaking of not being idle. What a transition. Hey, that brilliant. We're going to talk about food offered to idols here today. So different spelling. These are homophones. They uh-huh. sound alike, but are spelled differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's a great transition. And I guess I should not be breaking the fourth wall and talking about it, but that's really, really good. I think it deserved a moment. I think oh, it was really yeah. good. Yeah. So idol food. Uh, Daniel and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Menigo, refused King Nebuchadnezzar's food and wine when they were offered to them because it, they were Babylonians, right? So they were offering these foods to their Babylonian gods. So Daniel and his Jewish friends refused those because they were commanded not to have food offered to idols. But then we see even you know pushing into the New Testament, James, Paul, and the other apostles are still concerned about uh, food offered to idols, and they talk about it in several places. So uh, can you break it down? Like, what what lesson is there in these concerns that stretch even into the New Testament and beyond? So, one of the distinctions that God made with His people in the Old Testament was that they were to be distinct in every way. So, part of the covenants were, you know, essentially the nature of all the covenants was, "I will be your God, you will be my people, and you will be to me a a distinct, a peculiar people. You will be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation." And remember, holy means set apart. So, set apart unto God. So, God had requirements for how his people would be set apart to him, one of which was how they would eat. Now, here's what's brilliant. I mean, God is, I, I magnify the Lord. Uh, we had a beach vacation this this summer, and every time I go, I love to eat oysters on the half shell. I love to eat um, crayfish and, and lobster and all those little crab, and, but, but these were um, prohibited things. Um, and why? Well, because unless they're treated very carefully, these animals can cause great sickness. And so God knew what he was doing. I mean, this was this the prohibitions that he was giving were actually for the health and well-being of his people. Um, so it wasn't just a don't touch the Snickers bar. It was this will be better for you. Uh, frankly, in my own journey of of getting healthier, I have really gotten away from pork, not because I am restricted from eating it, although I do have some bacon occasionally, but of what it does to my body. I just I don't feel good when I eat it. And so um, that's nothing against pigs. I, I'm glad for the pig farmers to have success, but um, it really is. There is something to God's restriction. So from a religious component, though, the question was, will I obey God with the food that I put into my mouth, with the, the beverages that I drink? Um, regardless of, of their health content or their whatever about the, the, the substance itself, the question is, will I obey God? 
And the answer that Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah gave was, yes, I will obey God. Therefore, I will not eat this food that was presumably non-kosher. Secondly, though, as you said, it's, it's very, very likely that that food had been sacrificed to idols, that it could even be offered in worship to Nebuchadnezzar himself. And so that also was prohibited in joining in the worship of something that is not God. So again, the first commandment, I am the Lord your God, he said, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. You shall have no other gods before me. The second commandment is like it. Don't make a graven image. Don't bow down and worship an idol. And so we learn in the New Testament that when we worship idols, we are really worshiping demons. That's the thing. You know, you may think, oh, it's just a piece of stone or a piece of wood or, or whatever the case may be. But really, there's, there's demonic influence behind that. And so Paul makes that clear in the New Testament. So there's something very deep going on here. And, and what I would say is any deity that uh, sets itself up over and against God is demonic in its very nature. And so what does Satan want to do? He wants to rob God of his glory. Well, what does the demonic realm, these fallen angels, what do they want to do? They want to rob God of his glory. So if they can get you to worship either an inanimate object or your ancestors or any other uh, God who is named, then they are robbing God of his glory. And so that's why the prohibition is so distinct. And that's why Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were so resolute in their decision not to defile themselves in that way. Another interesting component is that, you know, Daniel and his friends are Jews who have been exiled from the land of Israel. Now, the, the full exile hasn't taken place yet uh, right. uh, under Babylon, but. Um, it's it's beginning in you know these different stages, um, so they're being exiled and the people of Israel being exiled from Israel and then the kingdom of Judah because uh, of several sins, idolatry being one of the main ones. Um, and they're but by the time you get to the the times of Jesus and the times of the New Testament, uh, a lot of Jewish literature talks about how they they really had rooted out idolatry from themselves in the yeah. Jewish people. There were other problems. They had a lot of problems dealing with each other sure. uh, with love, but they um, they seemed to understand that idolatry was definitely a bad thing. And, you know, it, it, they talk about how uh, other sins are like idolatry, but there's never really the sense that, like, idolatry is a problem. Hmm. But you then you have, you know, in the New Testament with the uh, apostolic community, they're bringing in Gentiles who are coming from idolatry. Yeah. So you have this injection of you know a new different people who don't have that um, experience as a people who have been exiled once before for idolatry. Yeah. Um, it's just interesting, you know, thinking about these different things because as the church went on, they still had uh, this ongoing, you know, discussion about you know no we can't have um, food offered to idols. We can't share the table with idols. Um, because they are, you know, like you're saying, like the demons are real, and yeah. even if you know a, a stone is not a god, there are dark forces behind a lot of these things. Well, and I think we have to be careful because I think it's easy to slip into a mindset of what's the big deal? Yeah, what's the big deal? It yeah. doesn't really matter. And the problem is, and I'm going to tell you this, and 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 for some of us, this this kind of stretches us a little bit. So brace yourself, but 
Things that seem like not a big deal that open us up to demonic influence in our lives are a huge deal. And uh, that's why, for example, um, pornography has such a grip on our world. Um, opens us up so much to demonic influence. Um, but, but there's so many things that, again, if Satan can convince us it's not a big deal, that it's, that it's harmless, um, that's exactly what he wants to do. He wants to convince us that ah, this, is, this is no problem. You can handle this. Well, that sounds like every drug dealer who's ever sold a drug. No, this is no big deal. You know? um, so we, just, we have to be careful. And, and so partaking in that which is devoted to that which is not God um, puts us in a very dangerous place and opens us up to demonic influence in our lives, and we have to be careful with that. So, Jeff, in your sermon on Sunday, you really talked about a lot of the points that were discussed in VBS uh, with the kids, and a lot of these points rotated around the fact that God is constantly with them. Yeah, uh, it, It's certain that God is with them. Um, I, I wanted to ask that almost from like the adult perspective. So, like, how is it true that God is with us even when we find ourselves in punishment and darkness and even exile due to our own mistakes? You know, that's a great question, and there is a differentiation between the Old Testament and the New Testament in this this very issue. So you think about King Saul. Uh, what happened to King Saul? Well, King Saul transgressed the boundaries that he as king was rightly supposed to um, stay in. And what happened? Well, God removed the Holy Spirit from Saul and sent a harmful spirit instead. When David killed Uriah, or had him killed, um, and was confronted by Nathan and finally admitted his guilt and then wrote Psalm 51, what did he say? Well, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. That was very serious. And, and why? Well, he had seen up close and personally what having the Holy Spirit removed from you did. He saw it in Saul, and that became uh, a big point of the, the <laughs> contingency uh, between he and Saul. You know, David now anointed with the Spirit of God, Saul having had the Spirit of God removed from him. Saul hated David, sought to kill David, and it was just a big mess. So there's absolutely this sense in the Old Testament of judgment that, you know, Saul was given the Spirit, and then it was removed. The Spirit, he, I should say, um, the Spirit of God was removed from Saul. When we get to the New Testament, for those of us who trust and follow Jesus, there is a difference between judgment and discipline. And uh, think about it uh, in terms of even your own kids, if you've got children. When I discipline my children, it, it is directional. It is seeking to help them make better decisions. It is not in any way um, to pronounce this condemnation upon them, but rather it is to help them uh, and motivate them to become the people that we want them to be. And so I may impose separation from the family on my children. And what I mean by that is like, I'm not exiling them to Patmos, <laughs> but I'm sending them to their room, yep. right? So you you have to be outside of the benefits of the family because you need to learn your lesson and understand that to be a part of the, the, the community of the family, there are behavioral standards. And so, you know, go to your room for X amount of time. Um, 
when our kids were little, it was what was one minute per year of age is timeout or whatever. I can remember setting the timer on the uh, on the microwave for that. So there's this sense in which discipline can mimic judgment and can mimic condemnation, but it's very much directional. They, you know, I, I never have kicked my kids out of the house and say, just go make it on your own. Now, I'm not saying that that couldn't happen uh, at some point and as children grow older and all those sorts of things. But again, there's a difference between discipline and condemnation. Well, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So the Bible tells us that God does discipline us as his children because he loves us, but he doesn't condemn us. He doesn't, he doesn't cast us out into the outer darkness sort of thing. And so there's a difference there. He's not going to abandon me. He's not going to, to, um, to forsake me because I come to him only by the grace of God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Um, now, again, people say, well, what about those who lose their salvation? Well, we're Baptists. Uh, I, I believe in what is called the perseverance of the saints. Um, once saved, always saved, or as I prefer to say, if saved, always saved. Uh, I think the Bible is clear in 1 John that, that those who break away from the faith or have these deconversion stories that, that ultimately uh, turn away from the faith, that they were never of it. They went out from us because they were never of us. And so um, I think that, that we are dependent fully upon the grace of God. And if I could have lost my salvation, I would have done it by now. That's the thing. God's firm grip on my life uh, is what keeps me in the kingdom of God, not my ability to keep myself in the kingdom of God, if that makes sense. So all of that to say, I do not believe that God abandons his children who have come to him by repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. Now, I do think we are able, as Christians, to grieve the Holy Spirit, and when God disciplines us, that he does that sometimes by taking away the perception of his presence. I don't think that means he's gone. I think that that means it's kind of like when I tell my kids, go to your room, you know, deal with the, the weight of the consequence of what you're doing so that you'll understand this is not how we do this. Um, I don't think that uh, we face judgment and condemnation because the Bible is clear that we've already been judged. We were judged at Calvary. And all of the punishment for all of our sin was carried out on Christ upon the cross, if that makes sense. So are there natural consequences to decisions that we make? Sure there are. Um, but, you know, if, if, if I were to step out in front of a moving train there would probably be natural consequence to that unless God miraculously intervened. But that doesn't mean that that natural consequence is God's act of judgment upon me, because now there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, are there times when God um, judges those who are outside of Christ? Uh, yeah, I think so. And, and one of the ways that he does that is made clear in Romans chapter 1, by giving them over to what they want. In other words, when God removes his restraining hand and lets sinners just choose what they perceive that is best for them in the moment. So if, if I, as a parent, were to just let my kids do whatever they wanted, I mean, they would take my children away from me. 
and rightly so, because I am in my negligence, I'm not parenting my children. You know, Isaac is wonderful and he's brilliant and he's very, very smart. Um, but you all have to give him boundaries and guideposts. And, you know, if he wants to take a screwdriver and put it in an electrical socket because you love him, you stop him. You don't just let him do whatever he wants. And part of God's judgment, some theologians have called his passive judgment upon the world, is when God says, okay, this is what you want, go for it. Um, and they call that the passive wrath of God, where he gives us what we say we want, and then we deal with the consequences. So um, I, I think that's the differentiation. In the New Testament, in Christ, we are, we are sealed in Christ by the Holy Spirit, given the Holy Spirit as uh, our guarantee of our eternal reward that is coming. So our, if we are in Christ, God is always with us, even when we put ourselves in situations where um, as he disciplines us, we cannot perceive his presence. Um, but he's always there, and that's a good reminder for us. It is. So that'll take us into today's listener question. Listeners, if you have a question, just go to the link in the show notes or comment on the post below. Jeff, how do we as parents keep the fire going in our kids as they get back from camp and VBS? Great question. And so I'll ask the same question about adults who come back from the Holy Land, because mm. that's kind of what we've seen happen, you know. Um you know, I think that that in these spiritually intensive moments, what's happening? Well, truly you're in a different place. You're being stretched. You're you're more open to a movement of God because you're out of your routine and you're, and you're more sensitive to it. But the other thing that you're doing is you're building in some spiritual disciplines that you can very easily step back into when you get home. So what happened with the kids this week? Well, they're getting biblical content. They're getting biblical stories. Well, today it's easier than ever before. And one of the things that we do as a church is provide right now media to anybody who wants it for free. We pay for it. All you have to do is create an account. And so Jordan, if you wouldn't care to link to that in the show notes, you can go to the show notes and you can pull up a lot of curriculum, Christian teaching. It's like the Netflix of Bible studies, yeah. but there's there's content there for kids as well. And so one thing I might suggest is, you know, replace one of your kids' cartoons with one of the, the Christ-centered cartoons that's on Right Now Media. Um, you can access it by way of your device, your Roku, your Fire Stick, or whatever you got. Um so we want to provide that for you for free. But the other thing is this, that there's truly no substitute for getting in the Word, and there's truly no substitute for getting your family in the Word. And um, as you read God's Word, it's living and active, and you will meet the author. And as you share what you're learning with your family. So one of the things that we do, all four of us in our family have version. And we follow along with the plan. I always choose a Bible reading plan that's available on Version because it costs us nothing. And uh, it's a great way for people to follow along with the reading and keep up with it. And that's how I start my day every day. But you have the opportunity on most of these reading plans to, to respond. And if you're, quote unquote, friends with people, um, then they get an email with your response to the text. So every morning when I read the text or listen to the text, I'll record a response. I'll, you know, well, I, I don't record it. I, I dictate it. So I type it out by using my voice. And, uh, 
And then that response to just something that God has communicated through his word that day is then emailed to my family. And it's a sentence or two. I mean, it's nothing major, but it's it's showing them dad's in the word, dad's responding to the word. This is the lesson. And it's never anything earth shattering. Like it's usually, you know, we're coming through Isaiah and it's usually like, don't mess with God. You know, God's judgment is nothing to be trifled with, you know. Um, Only God can judge you, yes, and he will. And you need to fear that. And so flee to Christ, you know. I mean, it's just, so it's nothing huge, but it's a reminder. This is what God is communicating. And uh, so as the leader of the family, as dad, uh, I take that very seriously. And uh and so whether they open it or not, whether they read it or not, it is in their inbox every single day. And uh, that's one way that, that I practice that. That's awesome. Yeah, my family has used that feature before on Uversion. And um, at one point we had like myself, Taylor, my mom, and my cousin, and maybe more people, but we were all, you know, like chatting on, you know, what we were reading for the day. And it, it's, it's good. It, it's good having that accountability with other people. Um, within that app. Well, and to get their perspective as well. Yeah. Because everybody, we all bring our own perspective to anything we read ever, and we do the same thing with the Bible. And uh, to hear different people's perspectives on the same reading uh, is really, really interesting and and really growing. I, I find it to be a an opportunity for growth, even hearing reflections from, you know, my 10-year-old daughter who who reads it through different lenses than I do. And uh, it's really neat to see how God's speaking to her heart through his word. And so it's just a great feature. Again, we live in a great day and age when, you know, we can we can have these sorts of um, community relationships uh, made available by way of technology. Amen. So, Jeff, can you pray us out for today? Let's pray. Father, we love you, and we thank you for your love for us. We confess, Lord, we love you because you first loved us. And we pray that you would keep the fires of that love stoked and burning in each of us. Help us to do the things that that we can do uh, to keep cultivating our relationship with you and help us to help others do the same. But Lord, ultimately, we are utterly dependent upon you for it is by your grace that we are saved through faith. And even our faith is not of ourselves. It's the gift of God and not the result of works so that none of us can boast. Lord, we look to you and we magnify Jesus and we trust and follow Jesus. Help us do that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to our channel. To submit a question about Sunday's sermon, the Bible, or walking with Jesus, click the link in the episode description. Our hosts today are Pastor Jeff Reynolds and myself, Jordan Upton. Our engineer is Elliot Beckley and our editor is Chad Walden. 